You're listening to the Townsville Chamber cast. Essential information, ideas and news that matters to the business community of Townsville. We would like to thank our show partner, Adits, for making this podcast possible. Adits are a local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S In this episode, we sit down with Townsville Chambers CEO, Ross McLennan, and founder of Boost Marketing Services, Natasha Butler. Natasha is a marketing strategist with over 20 years experience developing successful campaigns for brands including Elders Fertilizer, Woodstock Bourbon, Sutton Tools, and Moving Comfort. Natasha works with businesses who are looking to develop strategies to connect with their audience and grow their sales. She does this through developing made-for-you marketing plans, consulting support packages, and one-on-one coaching. Natasha also holds a master's degree in business administration and conflict management and resolution. She is also a certified practicing marketer with the Australian Marketing Institute and lectures marketing at James Cook University. Welcome, Ross and Natasha. Thank you so much, Claire. And um, Natasha, well, we only uh, just got to meet each other recently uh, at our very new series down at Tiny Mountain Brew, the, the Chamber on Tap series. And um, it really was a, a great atmosphere to sit down and, and do a little bit of learning, if you like. But I was really taken by your your presentation on, on Pershing behaviour. So I'm so glad to have mm. you here in the studio and, and get to unwrap it and have a little chat about it. Thank you. I was very honoured to be asked to come down to, uh, to chat with everybody down at um, Tiny Mountain. It was a fabulous night, a lot of fun and a really great environment to, uh, to network and to have an educational session too. So thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it was our pleasure. And, and I mean, it was the idea of it. We sort of thought, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or something like that of a, a formal presentation. But the, the big thing is the networking, the discussing pre and post. Yep. So I think you did that brilliantly. But I guess for this podcast series, you, you gave six very definitive steps about what someone does when they're going to purchase something. And I thought it was just such a great way because when we're in business, we're always thinking about how we sell our product. We're going to sell, 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 sell. But what you did is you, you turned that on its head. And you said, I'm the consumer and this is how I'm going to make my decisions. Yeah, absolutely, Ross. So I know that um, the way that I go about marketing is always trying to put myself in the shoes of the consumer. It's always going back and thinking about what's going on for them. And one of the ways to do that is actually looking at the decision-making process. And it's a process that we all go through So because we're all consumers. And so we actually all go through that process and we probably don't realise that we go through it. So yeah, there's six steps that, that we go through when we're making a decision around what it is that we're going to purchase. So did you want me to run through those six steps really well, quickly or are well, we going to start at the start and work through them one at a time? No, I, I think it's I think it's good to, to have them up front because I know when, when you did start mm-hmm. your presentation, I got this light bulb moment of going, oh my God, I've done that. Oh my God, I've done that. So yeah, so yeah like, Let's let's look at the six and then and look at that how that refers to a a, a, a more recent purchasing behaviour from yourself. So, yes. Yeah, so tell us the six. Okay. So the first thing that we do is we identify the problem because we don't buy something for the sake of buying it. We buy it to satisfy a need. So one of the areas when I was at Sutton Tools, which manufactured drill bits, is nobody buys a drill bit because they want a drill bit. They buy a drill bit because they 
they need to drill a hole. They need a hole somewhere of some size. So that's why we buy a drill bit. So it's about recognising what the problem is, first of all, that we want solved. So that's the first part. The second thing is recognising the criteria around what is important to us with solving that problem. So some features and benefits that are at a top level important to us with making that purchasing decision. We then go out and gather information. We research some options. And this is really the part for businesses start to think about is where do people go to to research the information about those products? So whether it's online, face-to-face or or peer reviews, um, advertising, all sorts of different places is where we go to to gather information. Once we've gathered that information, we look at our alternatives, we weigh up our options and we, we then ultimately make a decision and say, yes, this is the right one. This is the one that I want. I purchase it. And then once I've made that purchase, I'll actually go and review my decision and say, "Mm, did I make the right choice or not? Now, of course, we have complex purchasing decisions and we have some pretty simple ones too because of course we don't go through that process every single time we shortcut it because once we've made, gone through that process once we don't need to make that decision over and over again about which sort of coffee it is that we're going to buy or what type of milk it is that we're going to purchase because that's just too hard to go through so we stick with what we know we stick with what's safe but until we've got to that point where we've tried something and we've reviewed it and we're comfortable with it and with our level of knowledge then we're always going to go through those steps. So this is critical to think about as a business too, because you've really got to hone in on these six steps, obviously, if you're trying to get a new customer, but you've also got to acknowledge that these some of these processes are still going to happen, even if you do get that return customer, that they're still going to write reviews if if something that they're normally going to get and they, they've embedded a normal experience, if that's not delivered, there's going to be consequences. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, so definitely with repeat customers, but also to thinking about as well. So a milk is a really great example. If you go shop for milk. There is so many different types of milk now available to purchase. Full cream milk, low fat milk, goat's milk, lactose free milk, etc, etc. Um, so I've got so many choices, but I always purchase the same one because I, I've gone through that decision making process. I don't want to make a mistake. I'm sticking with what's safe. So for also as business owners, we need to be aware that customers have gone through that decision making process. They've chosen something that they're comfortable with that feels safe. So how do we break that cycle? And how do we introduce our product to them to interrupt them on their way to purchase and say, hey, maybe this is a better option for you. This is this is the new milk that's not really a milk. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Exactly right. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I love it. I, yeah, so we're, we're going to identify a problem. We're going to, we're going to look at the criteria uh, about what, what's going to fix my problem. We're going to go and gather some information. So we're going to look at where you can potentially get that. Then we're going to look, of course, at the alternatives and we're going to make a purchase. And then, of yes. course, we're going to review it. So, so let's go. So what are, what are we actually going to buy today? Or, or what's, our, what's our problem, I think, okay. is the first and foremost. So for us, so for a real life example yep. um, that I was talking to you about, my husband and I recently identified we needed a second fridge oh in our goodness. house. So we live in a Queenslander. We have upstairs, downstairs, downstairs. We have the bar. We've got the pool table. It's where we do all of our entertaining. But we don't have a fridge down there. So we're constantly up and down the stairs. So we said, right, we've got Christmas at our place. Problem, we need a second fridge. This this is a big problem. It's a big problem. Yeah. Correct. So there was the problem. We need a fridge. So we've got to that stage. We've identified the problem. So then what's your criteria? Our criteria. So 
we discussed a couple of things that we wanted. Um, one of the things that we definitely wanted because it was going to be used for us in a bar area was we wanted ice on tap. So we wanted an ice machine in there. And we also identified for us that we wanted the fridge sitting on top and the freezer sitting underneath. And that was pretty much about it as far as criteria went. They were just the two things that we knew we wanted in that fridge. So they were the two, I guess, non-negotiables. Yeah. The size didn't really matter because it was downstairs. You didn't have to fit it into a pre-existing cupboard or something like that. Or Well, actually, do you know what's really interesting, Ross, was initially we were going to purchase, it, the new fridge was going to go upstairs right? and the old fridge was going to come downstairs. So we had measured up to fit it in the slot until we changed our mind and decided that maybe that would be better downstairs. But correct. So two things. Fridge on the top, ice machine. That's it. All right. Two things. So this next bit, I guess, is is really critical for our business yeah. owners because this is actually where you're going to start gathering your information and yes. trying to find out where is and a fridge. My goodness, mm -hmm. um, you know we you can open up the paper every week and there's That's a it. lot of fridges in there. Yes. Um, so, so how did you start gathering your information? Okay. So we started gathering our information was we initially went to a local store here mm -hmm. in Townsville and we looked at what the different products were. So again, for us, it wasn't too important brand or anything else. We went to look to see, okay, what is there available on the market that fits our criteria. And so we went and we looked at a few. And then from that, we were then able to look at, again, narrow our criteria a little bit further was that we said, okay, well, actually, maybe we like the fridge doors. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have the freezer. We don't want that to be a drawer. We want that to be doors too. So we go through all these different criteria and knock things out and we gather the information. We look at the pricing. We look at the ratings. We look at reviews. You know, we looked at reviews online for the different fridges, so how they worked, um, what warranties were, etc. So we looked at a couple of different stores and finally we said, actually, we keep coming back to the same fridge mm -hmm. everywhere we go. So that was that was it. So we've researched our information. We've narrowed it down, said, yep, this is, pr this is the fridge we want. This is the decision. So we're ready to go. We're ready mm -hmm. to make our purchase. What's really interesting through that whole process, Natasha, and I've, I've listened intently for it uh, for the last couple of minutes, You've only mentioned the word price once. Yeah. You've gone through, this is a fridge, you know, you've mm -hmm. the size, where it's going to go, what, what things you want it to do for you, um, doors, drawers, you know, color, whatever. You only said the word price once. Is, is that a normal thing for a consumer? I would say if you know what it is that you're looking for, Quite often, price and price often, from a business perspective, price often comes up in as objection mm -hmm. or, or as an objective uh, on why we won't make that purchase because it's a really easy one. But really, in my experience, price generally isn't the barrier. There's something else going on there because I could make the product as cheap as what, you know, anything. But if it's not the right product, I'm not going to buy it. So there's something else going on there. So don't ever be put off when somebody comes to you and says, oh, no, I don't have the budget for that. They very So if they do, what is your budget? Or try to work out what really it is that's going on. But generally price, I find price isn't the issue. There's something else. Yeah. And, and if it fits all of your criteria, yeah. you're going to justify that price. And that, and that's, and that probably gives us to point number five. And that's the, that's the actual purchase. Yes. Um, and, and this is when you, you've, you found it, you found, you've done all these other steps and, and you've actually bought the thing. So, yes. Yeah. And what, so what's interesting about that? So we made the decision, so we've gone to make the purchase and then we were told that the fridge we actually 
wanted to buy wasn't in stock at the moment. It was on back order and it may not actually be here for Christmas. So then we've gone, well, Christmas is a criteria for us. Mm-hmm. We need it there. So I think from memory, and again, it, I only bought this fridge probably four or five weeks ago, and I'm going from memory and I can't exactly remember this, but I'm pretty certain. I think that it then cost us an extra $900 to upgrade our fridge so that we could get it today, as opposed to wait for the other one, which ended up being we got the knock-knock door on it. So you know how the lights up and you can open the little bit in the front and it, and it says, we didn't need that. It's a second fridge. It's downstairs. We don't need that thing, but it's cool yep. and it cost us extra money, but our criteria was we needed it for Christmas. So therefore price, it, it didn't really, it wasn't an objection. No, because you didn't set that in your no. criteria at the very top. You, you, you went out with a conscious decision to buy the fridge because you were hosting Christmas. Correct. Um, the doors open. Now they've got lights on them and a TV oh. screen and you can, you can probably, <laughs> yes. it's connected to, needs its own, uh, needs its own. Not uh, quite. We didn't oh, okay. quite go that far. Didn't, didn't go that, far, that no. ballistic. No. So it's not one of them ones yeah. that tells you you're out of milk, for yes, example. No, no, no. no. Okay. Didn't want that. All right. Didn't want that. But yeah, so that, that was it. So making the purchase. So it was yep. like, yep, okay, lay it down. Yes. So that's that's fascinating. So now we've got it. Is it arrived? Yes, it arrived. So okay. it arrived the next day. Right. So they, just they dropped it off and they plugged yep. it in. Plugged it in. Yes. Now, the other thing you didn't mention in your criteria about buying a fridge was it kept things cool. It like, kept things cool. So yes. So that, that's all, all good. That was, that was a granted. That yes, was we a granted. expected you it to, expected to do that. that. To have yes. that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then we get to this stage number six and that's, that's review. Yes. And, and this is also pretty critical, isn't it? As a business owner to think about this. Yes, very much so because this is where our reviews come from. So if people are going and reviews on Facebook, Google, etc., on our website, they're really, really important. And and so ensuring that the product that has been supplied actually fits the criteria that the customer purchased it for, does what they wanted it to do, is really, really important. And so we reviewed it. So we put it in. We had the plumber come around and plumb it up to our water and we've tested it out. We've got our ice cubes. We're all very happy with that. And then we've gone to load it up and we've gone, oh my goodness, the shelves are just out for standing the beer up. So that's okay. It keeps it cold. But um, yeah, it was just one of those... Oh, moments that, uh, yeah, we didn't think about that, but all up, we're very happy with our purchase. Very happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. And th- and I think that's, you know, you, you're quite often a bit easier on yourself if you're the purchase and yes. get something slightly wrong anyway. Yeah. But, but I guess from a, from a business perspective, that, that review stage is incredibly important mm. because it automatically shoots um, that person back to back to level two and level three, which is criteria and, and gathering yes. information because you are now an informer. Uh, for your potential new clients. And that's the critical thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, very much so. So now it is because now I'm going to talk about my fridge to other people. I've Mm -hmm. got a girlfriend who's already said to me, I don't want to go through the decision-making process. Can you, can I shortcut it and use your decision-making process? And what, what was your criteria and, and have a look at that, which, you know, that's okay. So my review and my feedback that I give to her will influence her purchasing decision. Yeah. And and we do talk about all of these platforms, you know, Mm -hmm. on, uh, and, but, but really that, that word of mouth, that, that yeah. credible personal endorsement, mm-hmm. it, it just can't be, it can't be under, underplayed, no. can it, in, no. in this whole process? And particularly not now too, Ross, because we have online reviews, 
So back before we had the digital revolution and everything was available online. And so if we had a good experience, we'd generally tell three people about it. If mm-hmm. we had a bad, bad experience, we'd tell, tell maybe seven, eight, nine people about the bad experience. Yep. Now that we're online, oh my goodness, it's immeasurable. So it's really important. We, we want people to give us that feedback because people trust what they've read online from somebody else. So on TripAdvisor, Google reviews, Facebook reviews. So it's important businesses to ask for that review. Mm-hmm. But make sure too that they're hitting that criteria so that it is going to be a good review. But if it's a negative review, also look at that. Don't wipe it off, but acknowledge it and, and talk through that process because it could very well be, you know, because people will look at that and say, well, you actually give really great customer service. So mm-hmm. I can see that you did the wrong thing or something didn't go right. But I can see on that review that you actually have worked really hard to try to make something really good out of this situation. So I want to work with you. And, and if you, and if you wrote a review uh, back about this fridge and said, you know, you love everything about it, but the beer doesn't stand up straight. <laughs> yeah. you, and and rather than the the person that made the fridge being too concerned about that, they gave you some positive feedback. Yeah. You've got to remember that half the market might not drink bottled exactly. beer. They might have cans to put exactly. in there. So yeah, exactly. you've got to, you've got to take that as a, and, and, and at least deal with it in a positive way that your yes. consumers can see that. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So for a business perspective, so some of the things that they can take away and what they're wanting to put in place here is really looking at, at the start, identifying the problem. So a lot of the time customers don't know what they're looking for. They don't realize they've got a problem until us as business owners make them aware that hey, something's not quite right in your life. You know what you're missing? You're missing a fridge that has water and ice connected to it <laughs> or you know, a Google screen or something like that is you're missing out. So help people recognize what that problem is. And if you've got the opportunity to ask them questions, ask them questions to help them identify what the problem is because the more questions you ask your customers to help them recognize what's going on, the better it is that you're going to be able to, to provide a solution to meet their needs Rather than to, rather than them going somewhere else. Yeah, like those you see those websites with the frequently asked questions mm. on them. It's it's there deliberately to put your mind at ease. Yes. And, and it really is fascinating that we've picked a fridge because I know a, a good friend of ours. They had the ice maker fridge probably a decade ago, and they said, yep. you know, this will revolutionise your your life once yep. you have the ability to get ice out of your fridge and. You know, I uh, probably not the most sophisticated uh, uh, fridge person in my life. I, I definitely didn't think that that was the most important thing. But I tell you what, I've I've got ice now that comes out of my fridge, Absolutely. and goodness gracious, if if that thing's not working, it is a it is a major major issue in my life. And it's something yeah. we need up here in Townsville. Oh, one hundred percent. You need yeah. to have ice readily available. Yes. And, and what that says is, if the consumer actually doesn't hasn't identified mm-hmm. the problem, it is an opportunity for you to sell your product and identify yes. it for them. Yes, yep. very much so. So so we've gone through that. We've helped the customer identify the problem that they've got going on or, or the problem that they need to be solved. Then we identify features and benefits for them. So what's going, what is it? And now, of course, people are different. Mm. And so different people have different needs. So that's why there's options available too. So it's about having those different options available for people. Yep. So that um, that they can have them. However, Ross, it's really important to not to have too many options yep. because too many options can just confuse people. They get decision-making fatigue and they walk away more confused without making a purchase at all. So, And there's been some studies done on that by a couple of psychologists back in 2000. And they were at a shopping centre at an upscale food market and they had jam on display. Um, they had 24 varieties of gourmet jam. And the shoppers that um, came over to the table 
people got to taste test the jam and they would get a dollar off if they actually purchased the jam. The next day, they did a similar thing, but they only had six varieties of jam available for people to try. And again, they got the dollar off. So whilst more people came over to the table to look at the 24 options, less people actually made a purchase than the, than the day when there was only six varieties available. Mm. So options are good. But let's not go so far that we overwhelm people with too many options. Yeah, because I, I you know, I can't process all that information. No. I can't. I just wanted some jam. That's uh, it. And and yeah, and we see that sometimes, particularly with like food food style businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many options on the menu, and yes, and, and the only problem you've got is you're hungry. Um, yes, and, that's it. and you know, if it's too hard to order and the kids are screaming or something like that, you just go, "Oh, give me whatever it is," yep. and you walk away because that's that's your process. You yes. just want to you just want to solve that. You stick with problem. what's safe. Yeah. You've been there before. You know that this outcome is a safe option. It's going to satisfy my need. So I always order the same thing when I go there because I know that that is going to work for me as opposed to, oh, gee, I'd really like to try that one on the menu. I mm. should try that one day, but I might get it wrong. It might not be any good. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I... we stick with what's safe. So too oh, many options. Geez, I tell you what, I'm I'm learning a lot about myself as I talk to you here, <laughs> Natasha, because that's the um, and I know Claire and I when we were driving here today, we're, we're thinking about this, going, oh, this is um, we, we know exactly all of the uh, the, the roundabouts with this. But look, I, I it it is a great way of thinking, and and you know this is probably a podcast I think for our listeners to to maybe listen to the middle bit a couple of times because we have yes. moved through it pretty quickly. Yeah. But if you actually shift away from that, I must get out and sell, I must get out and sell mm-hmm. and have a look at what you're actually solving for your client. It's, yeah. it's, it's a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. What yeah. am I solving? What are the features and benefits that are important to my customer? Mm-hmm. Um, and then where are they going to to source their information? So I- again, looking at all those different touch points to ensure that you are hitting those different touch points because people go to different places. I was going to say too, and if, and if you've got a very specific product for a very specific purpose, th- mm-hmm. there mightn't be a reason to have it on the big platforms or, or these, no. big, you know, there, there might be very specific publications. There might be yes. very specific avenues for you to put your product on where you're going to put it in front of the, the people that actually have that problem that, that, that you've identified your problem can solve. Absolutely. There yeah. is. There's definitely, definitely niche places to go to yep. that where your customers are hanging out. Yeah, yeah. gee. Well, this is, um, this has been absolutely fascinating, Natasha. And I mean, I don't know, 20 minutes goes pretty fast <laughs> when you, when you're talking about this sort of stuff and we like to try and keep our, our podcast yes. for, for a simple drive. Although here in Townsville, I, I have had some feedback just recently about our podcast being 25 minutes and I don't drive that far. So, uh, so um, <laughs> no. maybe, maybe we've got to do a, a, a pre and post episode mm. to get you into the city and out, but that's, that's the joy of living in, in a, in regional Australia and, and, uh, the lifestyle that we've got. Absolutely. It's a great lifestyle. Love it. Well, and what could be better than talking about our lifestyle than having a, a fridge with ice downstairs at Christmas, nice breeze coming yes. through sea breeze, uh, a bit of seafood out there. I'm sure it'll keep it cold before you uh, sit down with the family this year. So, um, Natasha, thank you. awesome to get you in and, and great to unpack this problem. And, and hopefully um, we get some feedback from the podcast and, and people want to learn more about it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very passionate about it. More yeah. than happy to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for giving me a platform to share. Excellent. Thanks very much, Natasha. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. We appreciate you tuning in to the Townsville Chambercast. Subscribe and follow to receive Chambercast updates for your morning commute every second Friday. Thanks for listening and remember to think, support, celebrate and go local.
This podcast is proudly funded by the Australian and Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. We would also like to thank our show partner, Adits, for making this podcast possible. Adits are your local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S dot com dot A-U.